Help support the North Omaha History Podcast by going to northomahahistory.com slash podcast, click on the Patreon icon, and become a patron for as little as a dollar a month. And we'd like to thank Jim Collison, Wanda Lewis, and Lori Schwartz for being patrons. Welcome to the North Omaha History Podcast with noted author and historian Adam Fletcher Sassy. Each week, Adam takes you on a guided tour through Omaha's dynamic past. Today, Omaha suburbs routinely bill themselves having a street of dreams in order to sell houses. However, for more than 50 years, there was one place in the city people thought of when they heard that phrase. Hopping businesses, swinging clubs, streams of human traffic came and went from these blocks. North 24th Street. Omaha's real street of dreams. Adam, tell us more. Steve, imagine going back in time on a streetcar and that streetcar zipped up and down 24th Street. What you would see right around the turn of the century was a street lined with old-fashioned wooden buildings, uh, small houses, and a couple of mansions sitting off on the sides, and uh, kind of a docile suburban kind of effect right outside of uh, downtown Omaha. But as you got closer into downtown, as you got closer into 24th or into Cumming Street and then to Dodge, it got more and more packed and there were, there were bars and there were hotels and there were movie theaters and there were restaurants and, and they just lined the streets. There were blacksmiths and there were grocery stores and there were fish markets and there was all kinds of things. The whole time you're smelling these smells as you're on the streetcar time machine and these smells are like fish coming through the windows. You know, you can smell that meat getting cured in the meat markets. You can hear the ting of the hammer onto the blacksmith's anvil and you get all of this effect of really it being a, a really busy, really crammed place. Now, when you followed that streetcar a bit further out, you found that it ended at Lake Street. And it didn't go any further at 1900 when, when, during that year, right at the turn of the century, because there wasn't a lot more beyond that point. What we did have further up 24th Street was Kuntz Place, which was a new neighborhood that was sprouting up. And they had just had the 1898 Trans-Mississippi Exposition right there. And that was pretty cool. But, but the neighborhood was still developing. And then further north, you had an old town that used to be there right on 24th and Ames. And it was called the town of Saratoga. And we've talked about that in the past podcast. And then further even, you had a vision by the city fathers of this end of downtown or this end of North 24th Street swamped with houses and just packed with humanity and really full. But at this point, uh, the whole Miller Park neighborhood and what we think of as Miller Park was still developing, was still getting going. And then on the very far end, you had a, a park. And this park was seen as kind of a rural escape. There were trees all over it that had been planted a decade before. Uh, there was a nice lake and a pond, and that was Miller Park. Eventually, all of that would infill, and, and houses would cover every single block. And, and I'm not talking about 10 houses per block. I'm talking about 25 and 50 houses per block. Like, they really crammed them in along 24th. But everything that went along with all those humans by 1920 was really coming in and it was really filling in every one of those blocks. We had strips of businesses, all kinds of businesses that lined up and down 24th Street. We had churches, gigantic, beautiful churches, Emmanuel Lutheran and uh, North Presbyterian and eventually Pearl Church and Pearl Methodist Church. And we had uh, the Lutheran Church of Our Redeemer and all kinds of churches lining 24th Street. So you really get this idea that early on, 24th Street was something else, but it even began by a different name, Steve. Originally, it was called Saunders Road, 
and then Saunders Street. It was named after the Nebraska Territorial Governor, the last one, Alvin Saunders. Uh, Saunders actually had a mansion that was off 16th, but they named uh, the 24th Street for him. And then eventually by the 1880s, that had switched up and they were calling it North 24th to line it up with the rest of the city's grid pattern of streets being named uh, numbers by the North and South Streets. So North 24th Street really had a very interesting beginning. 1930s was the zenith. Did I read that in your blog? Man, I'll tell you. By Well, by 1920, North 24th Street was pretty much infilled entirely between Dodge Street and about uh, Ames and a little bit past that, um, all the way up to Fort. We had all kinds of businesses, like I'd mentioned. But one of the really cool things that was really starting to emerge at that point, on a positive sense, uh, is that you had a cultural scene that was developing first down, originally down around 24th and Cummings, and then it spread north. And this was originally a Jewish uh, neighborhood. Uh, it was it was the, the the downtown Jewish community, as it were. Jews lived both on the west side of 24th Street and on the east side of 24th Street, all the way over to 30th and all the way over to 16th. And they called this neighborhood the near north side neighborhood, but within it, there were little enclaves. T- closer towards Dodge, uh, there was an enclave called Little Scandinavia, that w- or Little Stockholm, that was filled with Scandinavians, particularly uh, uh, Swedish and Finnish and and Norwegians, and there were churches, and there were restaurants, and there were groceries that only served Scandinavians, or didn't only serve them, but that was where they got all of their supplies and goods was for them from their countrymen, uh, who were right there in little Scan, in little Stockholm. As as uh, Jews got more settled in uh, around the 1910s, a group of Jews came from Russia, uh, and and they actually had a neighborhood that that was called Little Russia. Uh, that was right around uh, 20th and Lake, which was off 24th, but a lot of those folks had businesses uh, that were centered on 24th Street. Again, uh, fish markets and meat markets and uh, grocery stores and cleaners and you know just, just the whole variety of businesses that were popular by the 20s. And, and there were other Jewish uh, elements, Jewish institutions along and near 24th Street, synagogues and old folk home and all kinds of different things. But that cultural effect, I can't stop going back to that. In the 1920s, we had a guy in 1930s, there were a couple of really important characters around North Omaha, around the near North side neighborhood specifically. And one of them was Jimmy Jewell. Jimmy Jewell built an office building, a a storefront. And the second floor was a gigantic performance space that was called the Dreamland Ballroom. And there's been so much written and said about the Dreamland Ballroom already that I don't know what I could possibly add to that. But by summary, this is the place where all of the big performers who were traveling from Kansas City to Minneapolis or from Chicago to uh, San Francisco and Los Angeles, they would stop here. They would stop at the Dreamland Ballroom and play. And you had all the big names. You had Count Basie. You had Duke Ellington. You had... Uh, I mean, just just everybody came through. Ella Fitzgerald, so many different names. It's it's hard to begin to list them off in a single podcast. But yeah, super busy place. You also had other folks here. There was a guy named Jim Bell. He was kind of a serial entrepreneur who was always trying to start something cool. He had a joint right off of 24th and Lake that was called uh, the Club Harlem or Harlem Club. I have an article all about it on the NorthOmahaHistory.com website. 
And basically, uh, Jim Bell was just always trying to open something. So when Club Harlem shut down, he opened up another joint, and then he opened up another joint, and he just kept it hopping. But all right around 24th Street. Another really important place along 24th Street was called McGill's Blue Room a little bit later on. Uh, McGill's had blues and jazz greats play there all the time, and it was a uh, it was respected, if a little bit shady. There was a lot of shady places along 24th Street, too. The illegal gambling joints and brothels and all manner of um, fun and good times uh, for for that era it, from the 1920s into the 30s. You know, Steve, the 30s really marked the beginning of North Omaha having a very distinct and identifiable African-American community. We've learned earlier that in 1919, the U.S. Army worked to establish a safe zone around the near north side when the rioting happened after the lynching of Will Brown. And that that area uh, was eventually used by the United States federal government to create a map uh, for the Homeowners Loan Corporation. There's a professor at Creighton University named Palma Joy Strand who's done a great deal of research on this redlining practice. And basically what she's found is that the near north side was surrounded by a red line that was set down by real estate agents working with insurance agents, working with landholders, working with bank loan officers, and working with the federal government. And they surrounded this line or this area of land and they said this area within here is super dangerous and the federal government shouldn't give any money to support homeowners owning homes there uh, from within. They wanted homeowners to own those homes from without. Uh, guess who the homeowners were left in that area were African Americans. And so North Omaha became a segregated housing area. Uh, during, officially during the 19, uh, late, late 1919 was when it began. And then in the twenties and thirties is, and 1936 was really when it was uh, codified by the United States government. So with the establishment of that, African Americans worked within the, that parameter and made a really successful community. And honestly, it, it, there were varying levels of success, but for the next 30 years, you know, North Omaha, that near North side, all along 24th street was so hopping. And there was so much going on. There weren't a lot of good jobs. Folks had to travel all the way down to the stockyards or they had to work in the Union Pacific Railroad as porters. And eventually they, get, they got into the shops there. But it was, it was a struggle for daily existence inside of the near north side. The other thing that was really big in the near north side around 24th Street uh, was the reality of African-American men specifically not being able to find work that was good. Women were expected to become house help and do other service sector jobs. And some of them did. You know, a lot of the jobs in Omaha schools uh, for African-Americans were, were very, very limited. The o OPS did not, Omaha Public Schools did not hire black teachers for a very long time. And when they did, they only hired them in schools that were along North 24th Street in the near north side. And so that kind of segregation existed as well. So North 24th was both a really great place and a really um, segregated place for a long time. But people made the most of it and made it work. Thanks for listening to the North Omaha History Podcast with noted author and historian Adam Fletcher Sassy. Join us next week as Adam takes you on another guided tour through Omaha's dynamic past.